Let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that, that your word instructs us. It brings revelation to us. It helps us to understand who you are. It helps us to understand who we are in you. It helps us to grasp this world that we live in, that you have created, to understand our place in it, to understand your power and your majesty over everything on this earth. And Lord, I just pray that this morning you would continue to teach us and you would continue to to show us and give us understanding of how you want us to read your word and how you want us to understand your word as we read it, Lord God, so that we can grasp the fullness of what it is that you're trying to say to us. So Lord, speak to us this morning, have your way in us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, have you ever, when reading your Bible, doing Bible plans, however it is that you study, reading your Bible, you've read something and you've just thought to yourself, what the heck is this talking about? Like, what is the purpose of this sent? What is the purpose of this passage that I've just read? Because to me, in the natural, it just makes no sense whatsoever, right? I'm, yes, for me, I can see Libby laughing in the back corner, so that's a yes from Libby. See a few nods. So that's normal, okay? You're not the only one who feels that way when you read scripture at, at times. And see, there, there's, there's things that we need to understand when we read the Word of God. First of all, I 100% believe, and we 100% believe as a church, that the Bible is the Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God. It is His Word. Okay? Amen. But, I shouldn't say but. However, um, we need to understand that at times, the Bible speaks metaphorically. Right? It, it, it says things and it's speaking metaphorically. So it's, the Bible is the Word of God. There's certain things we read, it's not speaking literally. For example, Jesus says, I am the bread of life, uh, I am the vine, and I am a door. He is not a loaf of bread, he is not a physical door, and he is not a vine that sits on a wall. Right? So he's not literally those things, but metaphorically, he is all of those things. So when we read those, we, we understand that Jesus wasn't a loaf of bread. Okay? We, we all understand that? Okay? Because there are some denominations that, that believe when they eat the bread that they're physically eating the body of Jesus. Okay? It's metaphorical. Okay? So we need to understand that and have that understanding when we read the Word of God. Because in having that understanding, we can gain a deeper uh, revelation of the truth, right? We, we, we can understand it. And, and another thing, when it comes to, to reading the Word of God, and this is what I really want to talk about and focus on today, is when we're reading the Word, our, our worldview and, and or the way that you see and the way that you understand things that happen in our world will determine how you understand Scripture, okay? Um, so your worldview is the way that you see and you understand things going on around you. So when you're reading the Word, are you reading the Word of God from a natural mindset, a natural worldview, just thinking that the world is as it is and trying to understand things from a natural perspective? Or are you reading the Word of God 
from a supernatural perspective. Because the Word of God is supernatural. Because God is supernatural. God is not natural. He's not like us. He's better than us. He's bigger than us. He's greater than us. He's, he's the supernatural creator God who's given us the inspired word of God. So when we read it, we need to read it from the perspective and have this mindset and this understanding that what we're reading is supernatural. And the things that it's speaking about are supernatural things. Because this helps us to get a better understanding of what it's actually talking about. Because not only just the the metaphorically speaking stuff, there's things that you read in Scripture and you're like, what the heck does that mean? How am I supposed to understand that from a natural perspective? And the truth is you're not. You're supposed to understand it from a supernatural perspective. Our worldview as Christians needs to shift from, we, we look at the world and just how everyone else looks at it, and we need to start seeing the world and everything going on and everything in it from a supernatural perspective because we serve the supernatural God. Okay, So the reason that I want to talk about this is because the, the whatever worldview we have will, will shape how we understand Scripture. The worldview that you hold will determine how you perceive and interpret the things that you read in the Word of God. Same as, as, as your, your worldview will determine and interpret um, it causes you to determine and interpret the things that are going on in your life, right? The way that we think matters when it comes to reading the Word of God, when it comes to everything. So everything that we experience in our lives, we look at it through the lens of the worldview that we hold. You know, you could use the basic example of um, pessimists and optimists, right? They look at everything going on around them through whatever perspective they hold, whether they're pessimistic about everything, whether they're optimistic about everything. And in talking to those two different kinds of people, we would all know and all understand that they're very different perspectives and they're conflicting, okay? And it's the same thing when reading the Word of God from a natural worldview and a supernatural worldview. There's conflicting things because we need to understand Scripture through the lens of the supernatural God that we serve. So when reading our... And this, is, this is when we're reading the words. So we spoke this morning about the importance of reading our word daily. Yes. And let's read it, excuse me, from, from an understanding and, 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 a, and a worldview that is... Excuse me again. That is supernatural. So how do you read the word? What worldview do you have when you're reading the world? Are we simply reading scripture with a natural mindset? And when we see certain words or certain phrases, we just assume that they have a natural meaning rather than a supernatural context that is actually designed by God to help us develop a much deeper spiritual understanding that we miss because we're not reading the scriptures with a supernatural worldview in mind. Okay, so Hebrews 4 uh, verses 12 and 13 A lot of you you have heard this one before. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him uh, to whom we must give account. So talking about Scripture, 
right? Talking about the words that we read. Can you say the same thing about any other book on this planet? No. No other book on this planet is capable of dividing soul and spirit, of slicing between joints and marrow. It's speaking of how the Word of God is supernaturally designed to cut through the stuff in our lives, to cut through the mess, to cut through the muck, to cut through the sin that we once lived in, right? It's designed to cut through that and bring us an understanding of, of, of who God is because it's a supernatural thing. It's not, it's not a normal thing. It's something that's different to any other, any other book, anything else that you can read. The Word of God is different because it's supernatural. Okay, so we need to have that, that understanding when, when, when we read the Word. So scriptures like that one. Uh, we look at that and right away it gives us insight and understanding into the idea that God wants us to understand that His Word is not based on natural concepts. That it is supernatural and powerful in ways that the people and things of this world simply cannot fathom. They, they cannot understand it. right? Because they're not looking at it and they're not reading it from a supernatural worldview. Okay, and let's read this prayer from Jesus for his people in John 17, uh, 11 through to 17. Jesus says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus' prayer for us to God in this moment is that God, they, they are no longer of this world. They are no longer simply of the natural world that they're in for this moment, but they're of the supernatural just as we are. This is what Jesus is saying to the Father. Pray for my people, Lord, that you would keep them because they are no longer of the natural, but they are now of the supernatural just as we are. They no longer belong to the natural world and are no longer bound to everything there, but they're now bound to the supernatural. So Jesus' prayer is not that we would be removed from the world in this moment because we have a task and he has a purpose for us and there's a reason for us being here, even though sometimes it's hard to see and it's hard to understand, but I love this, this prayer from Jesus because he says, they, uh, as, as, as I am no longer in the world, neither are they in the world. They're of the supernatural. Their understanding, he's saying, God, their understanding needs to change from being caught up in the natural to getting caught up in the supernatural, to understanding the spiritual, to understanding that there is so much more to life and that there is so much more to this world that we live in than everything that they knew before when they were simply a part of this world. Their eyes need to be open to an understanding of the supernatural aspect of who God is, that they're no longer bound to the things of the ways of this world, but they're free from that and they now live in the supernatural with us. 
So Jesus is talking about us, his people, and his disciples in a way that is not simply bound in the natural. He refers to us as no longer being of this world, meaning we are no longer of the natural, but we are of the supernatural. Because we've been saved by the supernatural, all-powerful God who does nothing bound by natural laws, but his power and his kingdom being of the supernatural. Okay, so what is the definition of supernatural, just so we're all on the same footing here? It is uh, a, a manifestation or event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding of the laws of nature. So we, we know the basic laws of nature. You know, we've done basic school and science and stuff. We all have a basic understanding of the rules and the laws of nature. Okay, so the supernatural is something that is attributed to some force beyond understanding, beyond scientific understanding of the laws of nature. So it's something that cannot be explained naturally, basically. The supernatural is something that cannot be explained naturally. And another definition is a supernatural being, who we know as God and his angels, all that kind of stuff. So you might be asking, why, why is it really important? Why do I need to learn to read Scripture from a supernatural worldview? And one of the reasons is because the writers of the Scriptures and those who the Scriptures were originally written for, okay, and the Jewish culture as a whole, they all hold to a supernatural worldview. So when, when the Scriptures were first written, including the, the Old Testament, especially the Old Testament, when they were first written, the people that they were written for held to a worldview that was supernatural. They believed in the supernatural. They believed that their God was supernatural. And so there's concepts in there that when they read, when they read them, they understood them from a supernatural perspective. Whereas now, you know, the world's changed and it's easier to look at things from, from, from a natural because that's more of the common worldview, okay? But the people that it was written for and the early church and the, the disciples of Jesus are included in this, like their, their teaching and their training as young people, they and their culture held to a supernatural worldview of a supernatural God. So when they read the scripture, they read it from a supernatural worldview. So there's certain things that they read and they just understood immediately, okay, that means that. This is speaking about this supernatural aspect of God. Whereas we read it today and there's scholars who, who read the Bible today. And I talked about this a little while ago. There, there's people who devote their entire lives to reading Scripture so that they can debunk it and claim that it's false. There's people who devote their lives to trying to know what the Word of God says who do not believe it. Right? Because when they read it, they're reading it from a natural perspective and they're saying, well, that could never happen because that defies the laws of nature. That's the entire point of it, that it defies the law of nature because our God is a supernatural God who, who, who is the one who, who put in place all of these natural laws in the first place and has power over them to do whatever he wants. So these people are reading it from the wrong understanding and the wrong perspective because they hold to a worldview that is not of the supernatural. Okay, So the, the, the early church and the people who, who the scriptures were originally written for had a supernatural worldview. So when they saw and read certain verses in the Bible because of that worldview, they were able to understand so much more about the truth of God and the truth of the unseen realm 
being the, the supernatural, okay? So in essence, they were able to have a deeper grasp and understanding of the truth because of the worldview that they held. And we need to remember as well that all of these people had very good reason to hold to a supernatural worldview because of all the supernatural things that they'd witnessed their God do. Things that are so far beyond the laws of nature as we understand them. That the only way to explain them is via the supernatural. We're talking about things like the Red Sea being parted so that you have two giant walls of water just standing there on either side with a pathway through the middle for them to walk through. Like, it defies the laws of nature. Right? And we can, we can talk about it now and try to imagine what the... But you just imagine standing there on that seashore, sea watching these walls of water just peel back, and you imagine the sound that is going on. Like this is a supernatural thing. And then God is saying, walk through there, right? So we're talking about things like that. We're, we're talking about people who have witnessed the plagues that were sent upon Egypt. Right, you, you read about the, these are supernatural things that just came and these people seen them. Talking about uh, people who were being fed manna from heaven for years and years on end. We, we, we read a lot of scriptures regarding, uh, in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, about um, people having communication with angelic beings. And like the Spirit of the Lord comes or the angel of the Lord comes and speaks with this person and does this and does that. This, is, this was the reality of the lives of these people. So their understanding of the world was supernatural because they were experiencing all these supernatural things. It's not that this was happening every day. Okay? It's not like, but these are the things that, that they were experiencing. So read with me in Second Kings when Elisha prays for his servant's eyes to be open to the supernatural. So a little bit of context. So uh, the nation of Syria, um, the king of Syria, uh, is trying to attack the nation of Israel because they want to overtake them because that's just what everyone wants to do. Um, but they keep being, like, their plans keep being known and understood by Israel somehow. And the king of Syria is getting really annoyed. He's getting frustrated because they're making all these plans, but somehow Israel knows what's going on. And so they find out, essentially, that it's because of the prophet Elisha. Um, God is speaking to him and telling him what they're going to do. So the king of Syria uh, is <clears throat> trying to go and attack uh, Elisha to take him out, basically. So that's where we are. So it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14 to 18, So therefore he sent, this is the king of Syria, therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Thank you, Zoe. I'll have a drink before I continue. I feel like Keith. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire, all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. But Elisha's prayer for his servant was, Lord, open his eyes 
so that he can see that those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Which to me says that Elisha already saw what was, who was there because his worldview and his understanding of God was God is supernatural. And so he was able to see the supernatural going on around him and his prayer for his servant Lord opened his eyes so that he can see what I see, so that he will no longer be fearful, so that he will no longer be afraid, so that he can see your supernatural power, God. Our God is a divine supernatural being that we know created all that we see. He's not of the world. He has power over the world. He has power over all of his creation. And this is something that we, we, cannot, we cannot grasp if we do not have a supernatural worldview. We just cannot understand this if we don't have a supernatural worldview. And without a supernatural worldview, we're only reading scripture from a natural point of view. And in doing so, we truly miss so much. And so much goes over our heads and we can miss what scripture is trying to teach us or trying to explain to us. Let me just give you uh, one more example of this. I, 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 I love this one personally. And it's in the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eve being deceived by the serpent. Okay? So Genesis 3, 1 to 5. says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden... God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We've all probably heard that before. It's so interesting to me. I'm into this kind of stuff. So interesting to me that there is so much debate about parts of this scripture, even within the uh, theological community, I suppose you would say. Um, That that I guess when you read from a natural world viewpoint are the only way to explain such things, okay? But there are those who genuinely believe that these verses are proof that uh, snakes or serpents actually used to be able to speak. Okay, there's those who, this verse proves that snakes were once able to actually physically talk as we do. And the verse, um, there's a verse later on, which we didn't read there, that talks about the curse that comes upon the serpent as a result of what he's done. Um, that, that says, um, uh, and part of the curse is that you will crawl on your belly, basically. So there's also people who genuinely believe that snakes used to have legs when they were first created. Um, but, you know, their, their curse was they got their legs taken away because of this moment in the gut. Like, there's, there's people who genuinely believe this. Because when you read that from a natural understanding and a natural worldview, that's the only way that, that can make sense in your brain. Like, okay, well, snakes must have used to be able to talk because what else is it, what else is it, is it talking about? Okay? 
But when the ancient, uh, the ancient Israelites who read this scripture and all those who hold to the supernatural worldview, that clearly this is not t- talking about a serpent as we know it in the natural. That there is something much greater at, at, at work here. So the word in Hebrew for serpent is nakash. Uh, and so it does mean serpent. However, it also means diviner or being divine or being of the supernatural world. So no one in the ancient world, right, ever read this scripture and in their mind were thinking that it's literally a snake talking to uh, Eve in the garden. They understood it for what it really was, that it was a supernatural being who was in the garden with Adam and Eve who deceived them. It wasn't a physical snake as we imagine it. It was a divine supernatural being who we know as Satan. Okay? But it wasn't a snake. It was Satan. That, that's what it's talking about. So no one in the ancient world understood it like this, but that Eve was deceived by a divine being that was trying to establish himself with mankind as someone who was above God. It wasn't an animal. It wasn't a snake who was trying to establish itself as being above God. It was a divine being of the supernatural realm who was trying to establish with the two humans alive on earth at that time, that he was greater and that he knew more than the God who created them. So I, like, you, 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 can, you can understand, hopefully just from something like that, why it's important that we have a supernatural worldview when we read Scripture. Because if not, even just in the very beginning of the Bible... You, you miss out on what's really going on. You can still understand that humanity fell and that there was sin and the end of the world. You can understand that. But you miss the full understanding and the full concept of what's actually happened. That a divine being was trying to convince humanity that he was greater than God. It's not, it's not this natural thing. It's this supernatural thing that's, that's going on. And that's just one of truly many different scriptures that we could talk about in light of this, but I'm not going to for the, for the sake of time. But my, my hope uh, is that for some of us who may have been struggling to understand aspects of, of scripture, understand, like, what does this mean? What is this trying to say? Like, and we've all been there. But I want to encourage you to, to, to make in an effort when you're reading the word to read it from a supernatural point of view, a supernatural worldview. And, and you might say, well, how the heck do you do that? Well, pray and say, God, as I'm reading today, Holy Spirit, as I'm reading your, the, the word today, help me to understand it the way that it needs to be understood. Just You can simply say, God, help me have a supernatural worldview as I read your scripture today so that I can understand it completely, so that I can understand you more. Right? That's all we need to do. 
right? And it may not be as simple as the first time you do that, everything just comes alive and it starts to make sense. But this is, this is like an ongoing process that, that, that we work through for our entire lives here on this earth of understanding Scripture and understanding who God is. But I can promise you that if you only continue, continue to read Scripture from a natural perspective and a natural uh, worldview, you're going to miss out on so much of what it says. So much, you're going to miss out on so much of what God wants you to understand about him, about the world we live in, about the supernatural world, about the enemy, about how he works, about how he attacks us, about how we can fight back. You know, I'm not going to go into it too much, but you, but you, you think of the, 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 the armor of God and the weapons and stuff that we have. They're not these natural things. We don't physically wake up and put on a helmet and, and the, the shoes and, and that we don't physically do that. But supernaturally, when we understand what this is talking about and we understand understand supernaturally the weapons that we have, that the Word of God is our weapon, and you can't use a weapon unless you understand how it works, because you'll probably just hurt yourself with it. Probably just hurt yourself with it. Uh, you know, one of, one of my friends years ago, uh, he went to Bali and he bought me back um, like nunchucks, like from Ninja Turtles, those who knew Ninja Turtles, Michelangelo, it's my favorite, he bought me back nunchucks, and because I didn't understand how they work... I hurt myself with it. I keep, you know, you swing around, you smack yourself in the face with it or in the, in the butt. Like, so I don't do that anymore. I just look at them um, because I didn't understand how it works. So when we don't understand how the Word of God works and how it's designed to speak to us and challenge us, then we're going to miss out on so much of what it wants to say. And, and, and you will be amazed at how much more sense the Bible makes when we read it with the correct perception or the correct worldview. So I encourage you, when, you, when, you, when you're going to read, pray and just say, God, help me to understand it the way I need to understand it from a supernatural worldview and a supernatural perspective. Amen? Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's just pray. Father God, <clears throat> we just thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the time that we've had together. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as a community on, on this Sunday morning and to come and worship you with one heart and one mind and to come and hear, you, hear your words spoken and declared, Lord. And, and I pray that for each and every one of us this morning, Lord God, you would help us over the coming days, weeks and months to develop a deeper understanding of the supernatural worldview that we are to hold as Christians. That as we read your word, Lord God, that we would understand it from a supernatural perspective. That things that that once went over our heads would now make sense to us as we read, Lord God, so that we may know you more, so that we can understand you more, so that we can grow in our ability to speak about you to people around us more, Lord God. We want to serve you. We want to know you. We want to honor you in this place, Lord God. And we pray that you would help us through your word, know you and understand you so much more than we do right now, Lord God. Help us to understand the truth of Scripture and what it's trying to say from a supernatural perspective, Lord God. Because we don't want to be caught up and bound by the natural law. We want to live the supernatural life that you've called us to live. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.